Welcome to Anime Out of Context, a comedy review show hosted by a basement dweller who grew up scrounging terrible fan subs on sketchy websites prior to the convenience of modern streaming, alongside a willfully ignorant soul whose only knowledge of anime comes from the shows forced upon him here. This show will contain spoilers, incorrect information, and copious amounts of adult language. Our hosts are not experts on any topic, and everything they say should be taken with a grain of salt. Thank you for listening, and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I have shown up confused, disoriented, missing one shoe, and pondering the nature of love. I'm Sean Rollins. I'm Remington Chase. Remington, I've, ha- I've done some thinking. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> means a lot to me, Rem. You know, it's not a it's not a common occurrence. So I I'm glad that you're willing to celebrate this moment. With me. It's it's the little victories, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, what I've been thinking about is whether or not to do a particular show on this podcast. Well, I, I imagine choosing a particular show would probably be better than like doing all anime at once. So that would be my recommendation. Oh, that would just you would just drop dead on the spot, Rem. <laughs> Like, if I told you we were watching two anime at once, it would kill you. Oh, God. Yeah, no, let alone every single anime. Especially, I only have a week. Like, (laughs) that's... That's gonna be quite, quite, quite the task there. I mean... It's not impossible, I wouldn't say. I mean... Well, no, because I'll be dead by the third day, so it'll just be a memoriam episode, but, uh... And that could be really, really good. I could get Dylan on, maybe have your girlfriend (laughs) will say some nice words about how you were a bitch and couldn't uh, handle binging, like, 10 to 200 anime. (laughs) Like a coward. Mark mark our words. If and when this podcast does does end, the last episode will be a Remington Memorial episode. (laughs) Uh, it'll, it'll be great. Because uh, you'll have either died from too much anime or have killed yourself because what you watched was way too awful <laughs> Exactly, to exactly. So there, there we go. File that into the many promises we make. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what, 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 what's the show you, you've been pondering about, Sean? Well, Ram, the real question of whether or not I should do this show has been on my mind for, honestly, since the podcast started. That's a long time. Yeah, because it's been one of those uh, kinds of shows where it's like, can I even get away with showing him this? Or is it is it just going to be too much, you know? Because... <sighs> too, much in, of... too much in what way, Sean? Well... I'm sure we'll get into it, Uh, but too much in such a way that, I don't know, like, it might even be too much for the people listening, is the way I feel about it. Oh, oh, okay. Interesting. Because we've been pretty consistent on this show, I feel. Like, we've had a few uh, pretty solid guidelines. There are some shows that we just refuse to cover whether or not they uh, merit it. Like, there have been some, like, basically hentai shows that I I refuse to show you because, uh, one, I don't think they'd be an interesting conversation, and two, I don't want to research them, quite frankly. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, that that that's fair. Uh, but you know, there have been other reasons. Like we we get recommendations of all varieties all the time, almost daily. Uh, and this is just one that's been recommended since the beginning, and I just I just don't know if I can get away with it on a normal occasion. Oh, oh uh, yeah. Is well, is is this a normal equation? I suppose is this a normal occasion? Is is I suppose my first question. Well, that's the thing, Remington. It's not because you know what today is. Oh, son of a bitch. Remington, it's April Fools! Oh, this is some bullshit. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> I don't... We, here's the thing, though, Sean. We've celebrated April Fools enough this year. Mm, uh, mm. <laughs> but not on the actual day of April Fools, which, uh, by the time this comes out, will have happened. It's too obvious. Too blatant. Which is why I'm the one doing it. God damn it. No one would expect it from you, Remington. Son of a bitch. But me. But me. See, I have much uh, more authority because there's no rule saying that I can't do an April Fool's episode, is there? I, uh, we, it, it should be written. We should write one. <laughs> <laughs> what, in the big rule of anime out of context yeah. codex? Yeah, you know, it, our, it's our like... <laughs> It's like fairly our odd parents. We have the <laughs> rules, right? Do we be rules? Uh, and and bylaw four point two C. It says Sean's not allowed to pull Remington's bullshit on him. <laughs> <laughs> it's unfair. How how is this unfair, Remington? Because already you have far too many. You you listen listen in mm-hmm. in the the realm of this podcast. The power structure is normally so tilted in your favor that whenever I can use some fuckery to gain an advantage, that's just, that's just in a way leveling the playing field for a brief moment in time. But if you then use the fuckery, then it's slanted even further in your favor. It's, it's just wildly unfair. I fail to see how this is a problem though, honestly. I... Because I, I just feel like that this is the right thing to do. Because not only am I honoring the actual holiday, but I'm doing it with a heavily requested show. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. This. Okay. I don't feel good about this. What? 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 What show? What? What show has been heavily requested? Well, we've had a couple. Um. And no, I'm not gonna make you watch more than one uh, anime in a single week because one, that wouldn't be a very interesting episode, and two, you would you would break as we've discussed. Yes. Yes. Very much. So, so. I I've had to narrow it down. Uh. Cause and I've got three on my mind that uh, I thought should I do an episode on these? Maybe not. Uh, the first one that came to mind was a show called um, Interspecies Reviewers. I, hmm, hmm. Does that ring any bells to you at all, by chance? Uh, not at all. Not in not the least. Not at all? Okay, so it was kind of with, the... With Interspecies, I'm going to guess that it goes like bolt, like cat girl route is where my mind immediately goes, rather oh. than, for example, uh, Zootopia or Dark Zootopia. Uh, what, like Beastars? <laughs> yeah, Dark Zootopia. <laughs> <laughs> 13 well, uh, Reasons Why Zootopia. Oh, God. <laughs> People who haven't listened to the Beastars episode are going to be very confused by that. Um, but no, no. Uh, so Interspecies Reviewers, just a little just a little snippet for you. Uh, it was kind of the big meme show of 2020, I want to say. It's hard to tell because that whole year blended together. Oh, great. All right. From one meme show to another. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And it was a, well, it was kind of a clusterfuck, to say the least, uh, because <laughs> uh, what ended up happening with it was uh, it got, you know, it got an animated adaptation and it was aired properly on Crunchyroll. Uh, but the people watching it uh, uh, quickly realized, wait a minute, this is porn. Yep, yep, uh, there we are. Because uh, it, it was listed as an etchy show, but the show was uh, essentially a... Uh, a softcore, uh, like, borderline hentai comedy. Like, it's so borderline, in fact, that the only thing that's keeping it out of the hentai category is the fact that it appears to have some level of writing and the fact that there are no visible genitalia. Because the whole premise of that show is it's set in a fantasy world and a bunch of uh, different fantasy races are going to a bunch of different brothels and raiding them and talking about their experiences. And that's the whole premise of the show. Yay. Uh, that's one of the options that I thought about doing. All right, well, uh, scrap that one. What, 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 what did you decide on that wasn't that one? Well, uh, the second one that I uh, possibly had, uh, we've had a lot of requests to do. Uh, it, you probably will recognize the name since it's a bit more recent. Uh, one that we've gotten a lot of requests for uh, is a show called Redo of Healer. I, if I recall, that's the one that just like a month ago, you said we would never do. Mm-hmm, yeah, give or take, give or take. But you know, <laughs> it, it's April Fool's. Our rules are a bit more lax. Uh, so I thought about it. Uh, never ain't what it used to be. and uh this it it's kind of in the exact same vein as interspecies reviewers uh but the premise for this one is uh a a main character who has the ability to heal literally anything so you take the word heal and stretch that to the absolute stupid limits but so much so that he healed himself back in time, essentially. But what? He can only do it with his jizz? He can only do it by no, throwing no, no, another no, no. breast? Don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. No, no, no. There's no limitation like that. That'd be silly. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, he doesn't appear to have any limitations from what I can tell. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, and he's... He basically uses his power to go back in time to relive all of the horrible traumatic experiences he did in uh, his previous life, uh, but at the very end of each one to uh, horribly abuse and traumatize his abusers. Uh, which, I mean, that could be an interesting premise for a dark story, except for the part where it's the most tasteless, offensive, gross show I, I think I've seen in the past year. Like... Interspecies Reviewers was at least trying to be funny and it knew what it was. Uh, this one is like a dark, gross fantasy of the grossest variety. Oh, God. Uh, and we get a lot of requests to review it. Yeah, uh, Because yep. it's technically not a hentai because it wasn't uh, slated as one. Oof. Ah, uh, but for obvious reasons, I didn't think it was appropriate. Um, but April Fools could go with that one. If that if if interspecies fears does not seem like your cup of tea, of course, right? <laughs> All right. So right now, I'm choosing death. Uh, <laughs> I'm choosing the sweet release of of personal <laughs> extinction. No, no cake. Not not gonna take the cake in this regard. No, no, I I don't I I don't think I think it's a ploy. I think uh, the cake, in, in a very real sense, it is uh, it is a great falsehood, and I'm backing away into a bottomless pit. Farewell. Okay, okay. So if those first two don't really see uh, like your kind of thing, I do have one more. Uh, All right. Well, and... it's probably the one. <laughs> probably the one we're gonna go with. So. Well, first of all, it is very shonen. It is very shonen, and uh, there have been some debates as to whether or not 
like this show even qualifies in this genre to be certain or this uh, medium but i honestly think with the way the story is structured and the way the characters are written and as well as uh the overall stylistic choices and I'll be honest, man. It's kind of your traditional uh, coming-of-age shonen journey for power to defeat the evil king kind of quest. And I think it's great. I mean, it's a bit dated, of course. It came out uh, back in 2005. Oh, God. It's ancient. Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But of the three that I have considered... This is the uh, anime that the Knights of the Round Table were watching. (laughs) King Arthur's favorite character was... Lancelot Notorious Weeb. Notorious Weeb Lancelot. Uh, So if you're really not feeling about those first two, I guess we should just go with this one. Because, I mean, it it seems like it would start out as a pretty generic shonen-style show. But honestly, I think it develops into probably one of the the better shows from this uh, time period. Uh, Because, Remington, the show that we're probably going to be watching today is Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, thank Christ. Oh. That uh, is, of course, unless you want to do the other two. No, yo, you can fuck right off. Get the hell out of here. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I'll gladly take this. Jesus Christ. Here I, here I am. My my heart hasn't... It, it, it's yet to start beating again, frankly. It's just gone still. It's deactivated. Um, it's given up on me already. It, it's assumed the void. Uh, but, oh, okay. Okay, this is fine. This is lovely. You see, Rem, April Fool's doesn't have to be just a torturous affair. I, hey, I've given you high-quality shows before. You gave me a show that increased my depression twofold, which is amazing because I was already pretty in deep, <laughs> and then you gave me fucking the worst episodes of King of the Hill. <laughs> I have also given you uh, the show's favorite anime in Harry Potter. So there have been some... It was not... mm, No, 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 no. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) One of our least listened to episodes was certainly not Harry Potter. Because first of all... Wasn't even the same genre. Second of all, it was a really bad movie. It's and an third of all, mistake. it was fucking Elijah Wood is the main character. You don't. Any, anybody could have made that mistake. Anyway, we're we're not here to dwell on the past. Here we are, Avatar: The Last Airbender. So, considering uh, the history of this show, I'm curious how much. Of this show, have you consumed in the past? Have you actually seen it before? Uh, I, I've definitely watched it when I was younger. Uh, didn't watch it all the way through. And I know a lot of people through coronavirus, they, they've they done Avatar The Last Airbender binges since it's uh, gotten to Netflix. Uh, but I, I never have done that so far. So I've seen a, a good handful of episodes, basically like enough to know the broad storyline, but not enough to know all of the important details, you know? Okay, okay. So you you understand, you've culturally osmosis this show, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've seen a good number of episodes when I was younger, but far from all of them. Okay, well, then this is the place to start. Because honestly, Remington, this is one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, not just from my childhood, but in general. Because of how, like, excellently it does every aspect of this show. Like, anytime somebody has a complaint about it, it is so deeply rooted in opinion that 
it's fine to have that uh, opinion, but it doesn't like take away from the overall quality of the show. Like for example, people there are a lot of people out there who absolutely despise Katara, uh, the uh, uh, the waterbender uh, of the main three trio. Uh, and there are some people who will kill me for even mentioning the fact that they're Katara haters. Uh, but either way, you get those same people in a room, ask them if they liked Avatar, and they say, "Oh yeah, it's probably one of my favorite shows ever." Yeah, I mean, which it, is it, it's it's a high quality show. It has deep, interesting characters. It has good action. It has emotional moments, comedy moments. Uh, cute animals, uh, lots of different turtle mutations. <laughs> yes, because all of the creatures in this world are some, like, combination of two things. Like, like with the exception of, them, of, like... Half of them have turtle as one of the halves. Yes. Uh, like, the, uh, I think there's turtle ducks, which I think are probably the cutest thing. Uh, next to Momo, of course. Yeah. Uh, and Appa. Actually, you know what? Every creature in this show is adorable. So I don't know what I'm talking about. One sec. Sean? Sean. Yeah. Yes, yes. So as much as I would love to simply finish the first half by talking about how lovely uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is, I, I it occurs to me that I should ask one very important question. Uh-huh, yeah. And so in in what we're watching today, um, you know, I, I can't, I can't recall. I, I just need some clarification. What What's the main character's name again? Rem, don't start this with me. I'm just, I am just, it, it, it's a spooky day, Sean. Yes. And you oh. could be pulling oh, I see. a double the bullshit. The main character's name, huh? Yeah. You mean the uh, the kid with the bald head and the arrow tattoo? Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's the one, you know, the avatar. Hmm, hmm, hmm. You know, potential master of all four elements, savior of the of the world as we know it. Yeah, I just need to know, like, wh- how, how? what do other characters, when they say his name, what, what do the other characters say when they say his name? Well, I know Zuko always refers to him as Avatar. Well, of course, of course. Uh, but, like, uh, no, I'm not talking about when they're giving, like, titles or nicknames. Just very specifically, when the other characters of the show are calling him his name, what do they say? Well, I mean, I believe I've heard uh, them say that th- that he is their friend occasionally. You know, uh, the Avatar is a very common one, even amongst uh, his friends. But uh, his-, his actual name? Yep. Oh, God, it can be a little difficult to pronounce sometimes, Rem. I, I, I think you should be able to manage it, Sean. Okay, okay, I'll give it a try. I mean, pronunciation has never been my strong suit, but I am getting better. Uh, the main character's name, Remington, is in fact Aang. I'm oh, not doing God. that to you. I'm not doing that oh, to you, Rem, because I, I would have had to research it, Rem. Do you know how hard <laughs> it would be for, you, for me to sit through that and that fucking movie that should not be named again? <laughs> I, I will say, I, I'll, I'll confess now, uh, because it'd be inappropriate now, now to, to move forward with it at any time, uh, and I have plenty of other ideas, but uh, I, I have gotten multiple suggestions to do that to you uh, in a future April Fool's, um, but now I won't. I'm not going to do it. I have plenty of other ideas. Unless this is a fucking double bamboozle of your own, in which case the next time we do an April Fool's, this is what it'll end up being, and I'll have forgotten about it by then because you, <laughs> I never fucking know when you plan to do these damn things. Who's to say? Oh, God. Well, before we begin, at least let me give a brief synopsis for, like, the, the two people who have never heard of Avatar. You know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to read the actual opening of the show because yeah, it no, does I mean, way it, better it, than it, I could. Yeah. So this is the opening narration for the pilot, and it sums up the show way better than anybody else ever could because Avatar is amazing in all ways. Water, earth, fire, 
air. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed, and my brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he is ready to save anyone. But I believe Aang can save the world. First of all, I love that opening narration so goddamn much. Oh god, it's good. But it, it does summarize everything in the show succinctly and perfectly. You got four nations, one of them uh, did a lot of bad things, and the one person who could have potentially save the rest disappeared and has recently reappeared. And the story is of Aang and his friends going on a journey to learn the other three elements and hopefully stop the Fire Nation from doing its evil deeds. And if you haven't heard of the show until then, until now even, uh, go watch it. You don't need to hear Remington's opinion. Just go watch it. You'll love it. It's 60 <laughs> episodes for the whole series. Uh, 61, I think, actually. Uh, Sean, and... I, I feel I, I some new information has just come to light. I feel like I should briefly mention. Um, oh, what's your new information, Rem? So while you were doing the synopsis, um, I was taking a BuzzFeed. And... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I because, mean, we could have used that for, like, a pre-banter, but that's fine. How were we to know? It doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Um, because, as our listeners will know, um, especially the, our patrons, um, I, for some reason, am, I, I, and multiple times it's been confirmed, am a Sasuke. And I disagree with this very much. Um... <laughs> So there, there's obviously like a strong indication of which character, if it were to continue through, right? Um, right. I was essentially taking the quiz to be like, are you Zuko? And I was hoping like, I, I think I'm more of like a, like a Katara or, or Asaka, a, maybe. Asaka, uh, maybe a Suki, right? Any of them. Um, but no, I'm fucking Zuko. I can't escape <laughs> this hell. I'm... I can't get out of this Sasuke black hole that BuzzFeed places me in time and time again. How does selecting, how does selecting hungry Appa mean that I'm zoo? I don't get it. <laughs> Look, man, let's face it. Of the two of us, you are the Sasuke. I guess that makes me the Naruto and I don't know if that's worse or not. I don't know if that's worse or not. Life is fucking rough, brother. <laughs> But hey, at least in this case, Zuko is an amazing, well-written character who I love and adore dearly. It's true. Uh, uh, whereas Sasuke, that's that. That's the end of that thought. <laughs> so without further ado then, Rem, I could gush on about how amazing the show is, but we'll do that in the second part. So for now, let us go and watch some Avatar, The Last Airbender. Previously... And I've got three on my mind. Interspecies reviewers. Redo of Healer. Avatar The Last Airbender. Alright, so right now I'm choosing death. Up next. Although I will say this isn't a great episode of, like, television, it is still better than, like, the vast majority of, of anime that we watch. I feel like her fuckbomb wouldn't be as uh, satisfying. Now, back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after consuming the first 10 episodes of the ever so amazing and wonderful Avatar The Last Airbender. And if I seem overzealous, that is because I am firmly in the cult of Avatar The Last Bender. I always have been and always will be. But the question remains, Remington, where do you stand on this? Well, you know, uh, when I was young, I remember really liking Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, didn't watch every single episode, but I, I tried to watch it whenever it was on, right? It was it was one of the, the main shows that, like, if it was on, you would watch. 
uh, the heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's it's this, this has happened before on the podcast. We've watched a show that I have liked as uh, a young one, as a youth. Uh, and and thus far, young Remington, as we've learned, has decent taste. Uh, I I've yet to strongly disagree with young Remington on on anything too strongly thus far. Uh, Remington, are you about to compare Avatar: The Last Airbender to Death Note? <laughs> God, that would be fa- a fantastic show. That's the show I want. Because oh my, I God. feel like I feel like. I, those are the two like main young Remington shows we've yeah. talked about, and I don't know if I can find too much common ground. Well, young Remington, you've done it again. You are you are yet again correct. Avatar: The Last Airbender, obviously a good show. Clearly, objectively, you might say <laughs> it it it's just real solid all all the way around. That being said, uh, it it's first few episodes, namely its first episode, uh, episode one and two, they're okay. They're fine. It gets better after the first couple of episodes. <laughs> I'll put it that way. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've got 61 of the episodes to work with, so of course. Hoo-hoo. It could only get better, well, surely. A- episode one, it it's almost entirely exposition. Well, uh, look, look. <laughs> it was the early 2000s, and... It's a kids show, so you gotta kind of, you gotta kind of be prepared for a good amount of exposition and such. You know, I don't know there's not. <laughs> yeah, they 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 don't open up with with like subtlety or or nuance uh, or even good acting. The acting is a bit not good in episode one. It once again gets better. Uh, episode one, whoo-wee. Uh they they're figuring it out. <laughs> Uh, episode one, the basic premise, uh, though I'm sure like n- nearly everyone knows, you have uh, Katara and Sokka, brother and sister from a, a water tribe at the the South Pole. Yeah, the Southern Water Tribe, and, to be specific. <clears throat> Adjust his glasses. Which is just like a very small little village of like 15 people, um, half of which are toddlers. And uh, and uh, they, they're out and about, and eventually they find the Avatar. Um, and it's like, well, shit, here's the Avatar. Uh, meanwhile, they're being chased by Zuko, a disgraced firebender boy, uh, and his uncle on a big old, big old industrial ship. So that, that's basically episode one in a nutshell, just establishing who the fuck are we talking about? What are their goals? Uh, and, and what are their basic personality traits? Which, although I will say this isn't a great episode of, like, television, it is still better than, like, the vast majority of episode one of of anime that we watch because it establishes characters, relationships, goals, and world. There we go. Uh, you're, you're lucky to get one or two of those in, in your standard shounen episode one, unfortunately. I mean, I feel like that's a bit uh, harsh, but, you know. Oh, but it's also so, so true. I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, this is a shonen anime in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean... Well, one thing I'm amused by in episode one is they have a strong insistence that they want to establish, like, in-world that bending is... Elemental bending is not magic. And it feels very much like any zombie movie that calls the zombies <laughs> by another name. It's like, oh no, but these these aren't, like, zombies. These are, are something else. Uh, and I uh, just found that Zeds. funny. Not... <laughs> Not because they call it something else, just because they are very insistent in this episode about it. <laughs> well, I mean, bending doesn't solve all your problems, surely, but 
Yeah, no, it, it's magic. It, it's magic with martial arts. It's it's five E monks, uh, the elemental monk, but not <laughs> as awful yeah. as it is in text. Truth. Uh, episode two, pretty straightforward. Uh, it, it's just like preparation for confrontation between Southern Water Tribe and uh, the firebenders that are showing up with, with Zuko. Uh, that happens. Uh, they, they confront one another. Uh, Aang is like willing to send himself so that others don't get hurt. They, they end up saving Aang. There's an Avatar state. Cool. Uh, it, it's just a continuation of episode one. Once again, just building stuff. The show is yet to fall into its formula. Uh, and when I say formula, I will say Avatar, especially these episodes thus far, it's pretty formulaic of a show. Granted, it's a really, really good formula. I mean, you can't have a cake without a recipe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the formula starts episode three. Episode three <laughs> to ten all fit this very specific formula. All okay. right. Uh, and, and I want to I want to analyze this formula and also why I think it is such a strong formula and why it has left so many people with such great memories about this show. Uh, a, a little bit more of like a, a literary analysis than we we normally do. Ooh, ooh, we're 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 getting into complex topics on a show that we don't really have complex uh, qualifications to talk about. Hell yeah! <laughs> I can't wait. So the general formula of Avatar The Last Airbender is you start off the show and they are in a new environment. Uh, very rarely do we get to see them travel from one place to another uh, between the episodes. They, they just say, okay, this is where we ended the episode and now time has passed. Now they are here. It's still very chronological, but they skip uh, all the meandering and they're like, all right, now we're at our next destination already. Here you know, I'm are. disappointed right. we don't get to see every bathroom break. I feel like, I feel I like that's what the main it's series is really missing. <laughs> uh, so they, they start at a new place slash they are about to arrive at a new place. Um, other important things for the formula is they're going to introduce you to at least one and sometimes a small handful of new characters. These characters are usually given a name. They are given strong motivations. Uh, they are placed within the world. Uh, next. Uh, what do you mean by they're placed within the world, Remington? I'm curious. <laughs> uh, well, many times in shows, many times in shows, you you will be introduced to characters that don't belong or could fit absolutely anywhere. They don't need to be here. Uh, they have no ties to where they are or what they are doing. They are simply here because, well, the plot needed them to be. Avatar is usually pretty good at having the character, this is where they live, this is their their place in this world, uh, here's why they're doing what they're doing. So all of that is specifically what I mean uh, by, by my nice redundant phrase. Uh, but next, each episode, its story serves dual purposes, or at least the vast majority of episodes, they serve dual purposes. First, they will advance the overarching plot of, you know, Avatar having to stop the Fire Nation, uh, and we get a nice little deadline with Sozin's Comet, right? So everything will advance that forward a bit. But also, every episode has its own standalone arc and story to tell. Even ones that are, are like, technically a two-parter, they still will have their own internal story to tell. Uh, and, and finally, they will have uh within the new setting they will place it firmly within the world talk about the relevance and add depth at least a little bit to the world they have crafted right uh what well, one thing i was surprised by and i'm sure that many other people who grew up on avatar and then binged through it on netflix i i 
felt like I, I felt like these these stories like took longer from one to the other. I, I was amazed that so many of the things I remembered, it was like, all right, now we're here. All right, now next episode. Do you remember this bit? All right, cool. Uh, because it felt like they were going on such a grand journey. So the fact that it all happens, it's a very fast paced show. Uh, and while sometimes it can veer into a little bit rushed, I think usually it makes it work because it adds that depth. And so with everything that I've said, here's what specifically this formula accomplishes. Primarily, it makes you feel like the world is deep and alive. Whenever it introduces you a brand new character, and usually it'll introduce a few ensemble characters and then like at least one character with a name and a backstory and details about it. So th those characters, they'll add depth to, and then they'll add a few ensembles to, to flesh out the environment a bit more. Uh, meanwhile, the setting, it'll often go into the history or, or just the, the visuals of it, right? So now it's not just a world in a, in a bubble where outside of it, uh, nothing exists. This world, it matters. Uh, this world has multiple components. It's multifaceted, complex, nuanced, all of these things. Uh, and I, I just think that all of these elements, it's a, it's almost a perfect formula for what they are trying to accomplish, Sean. They took the basic hero's journey model and condensed it into a straightforward formula that makes you feel like you're not only witnessing this hero's journey, but you're also understanding why they're on this journey because of the world around them. Exactly. And so uh, now I, I can basically say almost every single episode from here on following this formula, like episode three, uh, they're going to uh, to the Airbender Temple. Mm -hmm. The um, uh, Southern Air Temple, if I recall correctly. Yep, they're going to the Southern Air Temple. Uh, we get introduced to a new character. That's Commander Zhao. Uh, he's actually part of Zuko's story. Um, and, and we learn more about Zuko, Iroh, and then, of course, Zhao within all of this. Uh, they, they get to the temple. We get introduced to Momo, another uh, character who will be uh, a mainstay and one of the great characters of all of Avatar. <laughs> I, I feel like you should specify for those who... Like the three people who haven't seen uh, Avatar, uh, Momo is a no. lemur. Uh, <laughs> Momo is the character with greatest depth of them all. I'd like to think uh, next to Appa. Probably. <laughs> Here's a question, Sean: Are you are you uh, are you a, a sky lemur or flying bison kind of man, Momo or Appa? Ah, man, I just love the idea of giving Appa a big old hug. So I gotta lean towards. Yeah, uh, it's gotta be Appa. Uh, sky sky bison just seems like my kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, Aang learns that. In the hundred years he's been gone, uh, the Southern uh, Air Temple, it's been completely destroyed and devastated. Uh, everyone's been massacred by the the uh, the fire vendors. It's been it's been a rough fucking go of things. Uh, he has to he has to sort of manage that within himself. Uh, Zuko, meanwhile, has confrontation with Zhao. Cool. So we we build up the characters, we build up the setting, we introduce a few more characters. One thing I, uh, I will say that I love a lot about this episode, this is episode three, right? Yep. And already we've had this this poor uh, kid look at his dead master's corpse. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a pretty fucked up scene. They, they really went all in. You know, for kids. Uh, and and <laughs> meanwhile, amidst all of this that's going on, you have the characters. Uh, the characters are usually pretty authentic within themselves. By which I mean, there aren't too many moments where you're like, oh, would this be how they behave? That's strange. 
Uh, and furthermore, no character, uh, or at least no main character, is one-dimensional. Every character has a few different elements of themselves, a few virtues, a few vices, a few wants and desires, both big and small, right? Uh, and then you can have these interactions between characters that deepen those relationships, even if that isn't what the episode is exclusively about. Uh, and those serve to be character-building moments and relationship-building moments. So, even down to all of the details, Avatar is doing well. Uh, we get to episode, episode four, um, where the Avatar and the, and the gang, they go to, uh, Kyoshi Island, an island, uh, honoring a former Avatar. Avatar Kyoshi. And Aang, yep, and Aang is just there because he wants to ride an elephant koi, and who can blame him? An elephant koi, uh, is a koi the size of an elephant. Yeah, that, that sums uh, it up. <laughs> It's it's pretty straightforward. Uh, they get jumped by the warriors of Kyoshi, a band of uh, female warriors, of who whom one uh, Suki we meet more of. Yes, we do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> news spreads uh, about the Avatar being there, so uh, Zuko is on his fucking way. Sokka is moody because one thing they have established with Sokka is he is a raging sexist. Like no bones about it. He's a caring guy. He's very sexist. <laughs> Uh, and I, I admire one, them going all in with that character trait while also being able to confront it early on so that it's like- It's not a problem the whole series. <laughs> yeah, like he'll be obnoxious, but specifically this part of his obnoxiousness, it dwindles after he gets his ass kicked by uh, a bunch of women, yep. right? And he learns from them, becomes a better warrior. Um, meanwhile, Tara starts to get a little bit of jealous, which is an ongoing character trait of hers, uh, jealous and envy, jealousy and envy within Katara, because Aang has a bunch of fangirls. They they apologize, everything is fine, uh, but there is a gigantic serpent, uh, the Unagi, within the waters. There's some drama with that, uh, where Aang has to dodge the Unagi. And then, of course, the Fire Nation arrives. They light everything on fire. They're like, give us the Avatar. Everyone's like, I don't, we don't know where the, he went. God, my knowledge of Japanese uh, is betraying me. Unagi, if I remember correctly, is literally just eel. So it's an eel snake. Yeah, and it's a, it's a, it's a Leviathan eel, more or less. Uh, I, I will say the end of this episode is a bit too sudden and convenient. Uh, because it's like, oh, the village is burning, and it, it's like, it presents a nice moment for Aang to realize, like, oh shit, there's consequences just for my mere existence. Everyone I am around is fundamentally in danger, which is a theme they continue with moving forward, uh, because, like, they're like, we gotta go, it's best if we go now, uh, because they'll follow us and leave the village, the burning village be. Uh, but then Aang is like, oh, but one second, he goes... He takes control of the giant leviathan unagi eel, right? And he gets it to douse the whole village with water and save it from the fire. And then he, he just goes back and, and leaves. And it, that all happened in the span of like five to ten seconds. It was very deus ex machina. It didn't show him like controlling or being friendly with the unagi before. Felt a little bit rushed, a little bit awkward. Uh, they, they really wanted a happy ending for that episode. But it was one of the few that I don't think worked. <laughs> Why you gotta be so hypercritical of the eel sea snake? I mean, come on, man. He only got the one episode. Let him have his spotlight. I, I also think that uh, Sokka's growth is in this episode's a bit abrupt, as well as Aang and Katara's, like, jealousy and forgiveness arc. This episode is just very rushed. It, it should have been, like, 40 minutes instead of 24. Uh, it, it wasn't bad by any means. 
but definitely the pacing was off uh, from from what it could be. Uh, episode five, we get introduced to the, the one of the best characters, Cabbage Man. <laughs> we all know Cabbage Man. Ah, uh, the Cabbage Merchant. He is truly a staple of perseverance and growth as a character. There are three different Cabbage uh, jokes in this episode. All the same joke, but uh, there's three of them. Uh, so they go to uh, Omashu City, right? And Aang, he has experience there. He had an old friend growing up that was here. It's a nice big earthbending city. Um, they go, uh, they, they slide down this, this nice little infrastructure that they have. Uh, and are arrested for it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can't just jump on to these highly dangerous earthbending based tracks and expect to get away with it. <laughs> yeah. One thing I will add, like as they're sliding down these, these, uh, these chutes, basically these supply chutes, uh, Avatar has amazing action sequences, both within its fighting, which are obviously well done, but also just, they have so many other moments of action, such as sliding down these chutes that are interesting and engaging, uh, both like well choreographed, interesting moments, uh, often inducing comedy. Like one moment, their their little cart is going towards a shoddily, uh, shoddy built wooden ramp, right? Uh, we see the ramp and then it just goes straight through the rock that's holding onto the mm -hmm. ramp. It's just a nice little, uh, pretty subtle moment. And I, I adore the action. The action is so, so well done. One thing I've complained with many times on this podcast is the number of shonen where it's like, okay, it's it's supposed to be a major big fight scenes. It's all about the fight scenes. And then the fight scenes are just absolute trash. Like there's no thought put into them at all. It's just like, oh, okay. Uh, the characters aren't interacting. They're just doing one big move versus another. Within Avatar, characters interact with each other and the environment in the action scenes. It's so lovely to see. You could literally do a scene-by-scene uh, -scene breakdown of just about any fight in this series and get all kinds of fascinating content out of it, which, I don't know, that might be something I'd be interested in doing in the future, maybe for a bonus episode. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so they get arrested and brought to uh, the crazy king of Omashu, um, who throws them a lovely feast um, before finding out that, that Aang is the Avatar. Um, by now, if... I mean, granted, this is a show for kids, but if you're not a kid, you probably have picked up that this is Aang's old friend, uh, now a crazy old boomy. man, a good old Boomy, who's fantastic. Yep, a Boomy um, the Boomer. If you haven't picked that up, yeah, if you haven't picked that up, it'll be a twist later, I guess. Um, but well, they won't anymore. You just apparent. spoiled it for everybody. <laughs> this show's 15 years old, brother, uh, and you still haven't seen all of it, so I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, there's nothing you can spoil me on. Let me put it that way. Uh, so Boomy is like, all right, here's what we're going to do. You're going to have three trials tomorrow. Uh, so he kidnaps Katara and Sokka. He puts some rings on them. That's going to encase them into, into crystal. And he's like, all right, three challenges. First challenge is, uh, getting a key from underneath a waterfall in a nice, uh, a nice cave, ton of stalagmites and stalactites all over. Um, then the next challenge is getting Flopsy, which you think is going to be an adorable little bunny, but instead it's this gigantic behemoth rabbit yep. type thing. The, a behemoth rabbit warthog. Whatever you're imagining, go with it. It's like if a grizzly bear, a rabbit, and a warthog had a very interesting night. And then we're even bigger. Yeah. Uh... And then finally, uh, a duel with uh, one of two options. Aang gets to choose his opponent. Aang ends up choosing Boomy, thinking, ah, it's an old man. Uh, I'm being clever. But now Boomy, uh, he'll wreck your shit. He's, he's 
a buff as fuck old man uh, who's a great earthbender. So they battle uh, in a really well done scene. Uh, and Boomy like acknowledges an element of both Aang's fighting style, but also one of the major themes of the show, mentioning to Aang that sooner or later he'll have to strike back because Aang's... Aang's fighting style is very evasive and uh, and defensive. He's a pacifist. He does not attack. Yeah. And uh, he more impresses Boomy than defeats Boomy. Um, but it, it's a real solid fight scene. Once again, super creative, super interesting. Uh, his friends get freed and it's like, oh, okay, you're Boomy, aren't you? Cool. All right. Uh, and it, of course it's correct. So there's just a nice little moment uh, between them. And that's episode five. Great episode, in my opinion. I, I would I would agree. Uh, episode six, we can go pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Um, the, the setting for this one, there's a new little earthbending village that is subject to uh to the the control of uh firebenders right now right and they're not allowed to earthbend otherwise they get imprisoned uh they one one kid haru that we meet he ends up getting imprisoned for saving a guy uh in an ultimate act of betrayal showing everyone you cannot trust old people <laughs> uh i think that I think that was the message they were going with. Um, yeah, so um, if you see an old lady uh, just in the middle of the street and a semi is coming, just just let nature take its course. You know, and then Aang disguises himself as an old guy to, to get into Omashu in the first place, so you can't trust no, old people. No, no. Aang himself is just a really old fuck, but he gives the presentation of being a, a young boy. Don't trust old His people, ideas are outdated. You know? It's time for the real young people to rise up. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that, that's, as we've learned, that is the message of, uh, Avatar. Or, in other words, okay, Boomer. So, <laughs> okay, uh, Boomy. <laughs> so, uh, they, they attempt to rescue the, and go to the, the prison that all of the Earthbenders are in. The prison, it's just a, basically like a metal oil rig, but for coal, uh, out in the middle of the ocean so that they can't bend any, any Earth around them right yeah no nice and nice and makes easy. perfect sense in the world uh, and uh where else are you going to keep people who control the literal earth beneath their feet <laughs> yeah uh K katara sneaks in and she's like let's start a revolution and everyone's like that's not how they we're gonna fucking die we're just hoping to survive uh it gives nice um like fucking holocaust vibes a little bit <laughs> which is a hell of a thing <laughs> For a kid's show. It's a hell of a thing for a kid's show to allude to the actual Nickelodeon. It's not even like, this isn't me bringing something to the show. This is, that's, the show is alluding to this kind of thing right now. Oh, you now. have this very specific um, inherited trait? Well, on off to the boat gulag with you. <laughs> Uh, eventually, they're able to uh, to save everyone by uh, by getting coal to the earthbenders that they can bend, uh, and, and it's real nice. Uh, there's some good moments in that one, but there, it's less interesting than the other stuff we'll talk about. So I'm just gonna move on. Uh, episode seven. Episode seven is part one, the first two-parter of. Well, technically, episode one and two were a two-parter, Remington. Let's not... Oh, God. Okay, I, I guess. mean, let's not sure. tell just straight-up lies to the people that are listening. They come to us for accurate <laughs> and correct information, which is why we just had our worst episode a few days ago, a few weeks ago. It's fine, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. So, uh, this episode is two main plots. 
Uh, first, you have this earthbending village that's being attacked by this this big ol' uh, demon, the uh, Hebai, I think it was. Something like that. I can't remember. Um, Hebai? There we go. It was the Hebai. So the Hebai... It, it's like a it's very short interaction with a friend. Hey, bye. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just been kidnapping uh, members of, of this earth village. Uh, meanwhile, the secondary story is that uh, with Zuko and his uncle Iroh, still searching for the Avatar, uh, Iroh, he's a man who, who likes the simple things in life he's chilling in a hot springs he goes to sleep gets caught by a bunch of earthbenders um and taken prisoner can we just say uh, that iroh is the best iroh is great but i also will say for the first two episodes or so they play him off as exclusively stupid <laughs> uh, like iroh in the first two episodes exclusively comedic relief uh, he, d fortunately, maybe even up to the third episode, frankly. He just uh, loves a good game of pie show great and depth. his tea. What, why are you, <laughs> why do you got to bash him that way? He has good depth in the later episodes, but in the first two or three, Iroh is just a bit of a dumb uncle comic relief character. They figure him out though. They figure him out. Uh, so those are the two stories of... Uh, of episode seven, uh, they're like, all right, Avatar, handle this spiritual beast, especially as we get close to the solstice where it gets stronger. Uh, the Heibai kidnaps Sokka, and tries to go save it, but he fails, and he ends up in the spirit world, and it's like, ah, shit. He ends up speaking to, uh, well, he ends up talking with the dragon who brings him to a fire temple where he will be able to then speak to his former reincarnation of himself, but only on the solstice, which is the next day. So, <laughs> they've got a bit of a time crunch, it seems. Bit of a time crunch. Also, uh, didn't save Sokka yet. Ah, shit. Whoops. Uh, we lost Zuko our other comic relief character. What are we going to do? <laughs> Zuko, uh, he is essentially given an option between chasing the Avatar who is close by or saving his uncle. And in adding a little bit of depth to his character, he goes to save his uncle, which is nice. I mean, uh, and then he does. Wouldn't you? Meanwhile, uh, may, uh, mm. hey, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you, I... you would abandon Uncle Iroh. Oh, Uncle Iroh? Okay. I was I was trying to think if I had any uncles. Oh, no, no. <laughs> God, no, Rem. Don't bring your family into my this. Your family ain't gonna <laughs> hey, help. There's some members of my family who are okay. Just most of them are less so. Uh, but who's great? My mom, who listens to the podcast. Anyway. Oh, God. That's right. <laughs> Hi, Remington's <laughs> mom. <laughs> so... Uh, the Heibai shows up again. Uh, Aang is, has come back, but without Sokka. Uh, Heibai comes back and Aang touches its forehead and is like, oh, you're a spirit of the forest. Here's an acorn. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little more like in depth and complicated than that, but. Not a lot. Not a lot. Though. I mean, like metaphorically, mate. Metaphorically, it's, uh, it, that's important. So then the Heibai turns into a giant panda, leaves, and uh, everyone comes back, including including Sokka. Says hey, then Happy it says ending. bye. You know, easy enough. Yeah, yeah you know. Uh, episode eight, it's it's part two now. The Solstice, they only have a day. They got to get into, the back. they got to get to the fire temple in fire territory. That's dangerous. Uh, how's that going to work out? So they're on the airway. Zuko, very close behind. Um, but there's a Fire Nation blockade set up by Commander Zhao. And Zhao, not a fan of Zuko or the Avatar at this point. 
I don't think there's anything uh, that Zhao actually likes. I think he just likes to hate things mostly. <laughs> it, it, it's true. So uh, they, they have to dodge the barricade and the many uh, ballistics that the barricade is using, uh, both on Appa with the gang and also on Zuko and his ship. Uh, but both Zuko and Aang and his crew are able to, to make it through. They're on their way. They make it to the temple where uh, a bunch of... Fire Temple sages are are like, um, yeah, no can do there, Avatar. Fuck you, brother. Uh, so we get a nice little chase scene. Um, but there's one good sage, the good old friendly sage, who's like, come with me. They come. The door is locked. What are you going to do when the door is locked? Uh, long story short, they boozle the other sages to open the door. And they're like, fuck yeah, now we can get in. But then Zuko is here. Just a series of unfortunate events. Zuko is here. There's some drama with that. But then uh, Aang barely gets in and then Zhao arrives. Everybody is here. Everybody's unhappy. Everybody's trying to fuck shit up. It's like my family at Thanksgiving. Hell yeah, brother. Meanwhile, Aang just having a chill conversation with his past self. Uh, where his past self is like, hey, um, you need to master every element by the end of summer. Otherwise, you are all fucked. <laughs> and they say uh, that exactly in that way. <laughs> it's, it's verbatim, and you're like, oh, De damn. This is they only get one F bomb for se for season, and this is where they dropped yeah, it. They That's gave it intense. to Avatar Roku, man. I thought they would have given it to Sokka for a joke, but no, no, they went for like the serious fuck. That's a strange one. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, Sean, if if one character was in Avatar, The Last Airbender, one character in, in season one is given an F-bomb. Who gets it? If you have a specific setting of when they get it, I'll, I can also accept that. But I just want to know primarily who gets it. I mean, it. it's got to be Sokka. Like, season one specifically, it's Sokka. But if it's any, if it's later on, it's Toph. That's just... <laughs> I, I, That's just the way. I don't know. I think Katara might get one. I don't know, man. I feel like her fuck bomb wouldn't be as uh, satisfying, you know? Like, it would definitely be in one of her moments of anger and uh, envy and jealousy. Whereas with Sokka, well, it see, could be very good. Uh, while Sokka is angrier and more frustrated more often, Katara is angrier on a deeper level, is what you I'm You want thinking. some depth to this fuck, is what you're saying. <laughs> Don't I always, Sean? Uh, that's what I always request from you. Uh, so they're able to escape the the deep fuck, and uh, it's a shame we can't we call the episode, episode nine. That. I know. Uh, episode nine, pirates. Uh, you get pirates. And you get Zuko, and they're both going after the Avatar because Katara stole a waterbending scroll. Uh, Katara's also super jealous that Aang is super great at waterbending without even trying because he's the goddamn Avatar. There's some nice drama, fights. Uh, Zuko loses his ship. Uh, Avatar and the gang, they escape. Pretty straightforward episode. Real solid. Good action sequences uh, amidst everyone, right? Plus a little bit uh, more exploration into Katara, which is uh, very much needed. Yeah. Uh, finally, episode 10. Episode 10, we, we get uh, the episode that's famous for, for Jet. Yes. Uh, Jet is the, the star of this episode. Um, they're, they're walking into uh, through a forest, and the gang finds a Fire Nation camp uh, that, that just attacks them. But the Fire Nation camp is ambushed by uh, the, this guy and his so-called freedom fighters. His name is Jet. He has his crew. Uh, they hide out in, in trees. It's what and they he's do. he's so cool. He's got hook swords, and he chews on a piece of grass, and he's got the shaggy black hair. Isn't he just dreamy, Remington? He is very... He's, he's a very dreamy cult leader. <laughs> and... <laughs> 
I will say they do fantastic with showing his charisma. Uh, they, like there's a general sense of unease, especially on behalf of Sokka. Uh, meanwhile, he's flirting with uh with Katara, uh, making friends with Aang, even being very friendly towards Sokka. Where oftentimes I feel like people they fuck up this trope, right? Because there's almost always one character who's like, I'm on to you, right? And sometimes things shows will fuck up this trope by having the character treat treat the one who's on to them poorly, right? So if Jet treated Sokka poorly, uh, that doesn't work. But no, instead, uh, Jet is like, oh yeah, Sokka, you're, you're fucking great. And I have to actually uh, have to thank you. You saved my butt out there, blah, blah, blah. Shit like that, right? Yeah. Uh, just real solid cult leader tactics. A real interesting character. Uh, and this episode, it's largely a commentary on like tribal essentialism where Jet and his crew, they believe that if you are Fire Nation, anybody, even a civilian, then you are 100% uh, the problem and uh, the ends always justify the means. Ah. One thing I will say, uh, Jet has this plan <laughs> and it, it, it it's the only like poorly written part about Jet. Jet's character work, super interesting. His dialogue, endlessly engaging, like top tier shit. His plan of flood a city full of, Earthbenders and like five fire, technically, like five. yeah, technically under Fire Nation control, but also then the Fire Nation could just take control of it again if it, they built it up or built it up brand new or just ignore it. Like it's just a dumb plan that doesn't fit. Uh, so that I think is another like small writing error. I think they could have had a better justification and situation for it. it but they only had the one episode though. Uh, that doesn't tell Jack comes back yeah. later down the line. Uh, spoilers. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's too good of a character to only have once. Uh, then again, Avatar, it's key ingredient is having a billion characters who are too good to only have once. Uh, and the secret is you show them usually twice. <laughs> <laughs> usually you introduce them and then you have a cameo later on, either like give them another episode or just a as a, a little cameo in the background. And you're like, Hey, uh, th that's usually how they she handle heat it. up my tea, which works. It works. Uh, but, uh, but eventually the dam, they it does explode, but Sokka warned the city. So ignoring all of the infrastructural damages of the entire city and all of their houses and homes and belongings completely flooding away, everything is saved. Uh, but yeah, so th this episode, real good, interesting characters, a bit of a dumb plan. <laughs> well, to be fair, he is also just a teenager. Well, yeah, but he he presents himself as much smarter. Oh, than yeah, no, no. Really, he's very smart, really very intelligent. Plan. But he's also really stupid when it comes to actually dealing. Like, he's he's great at, like, the start and, you know, the, the build up. It's just the prestige he fucks up. But yeah, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna critique Avatar's writing at least in that small regard. It's not perfect. Avatar, it is a really really good show. It is not. It is not a perfect show. Ah, and that's where we're getting the angry emails from. <laughs> I know. It's it's a, here. I am singing its praises for for fifty fucking minutes. But there there will be people who are like, oh no. <laughs> How dare you say that it is not the single greatest thing of all time ever with no flaws. <laughs> There are no flaws in Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that, that was good. I like that. I like well, that. You actually, that, that you actually understood one. the reference there, did you? I, I thought it was sufficiently subtle. And now as we talk about it'll it, it'll be completely ruined. It it'll be just so. completely ruined. And all the joke is gone. And <laughs> people are like, ah, yes. Why do we listen to the show again? Comedy? Mm, I don't think that fits. 
Uh, but out of curiosity, uh, I, there is one thing about Jet that I want to mention that I think you'll find interesting. Uh, there's yep. a sect of people out there who absolutely hate everything about Jet, and not because Jet, you know, does bad things, but just they just hate Jet as a concept and as a character. What do you think about that? Uh, I, I mean, I guess I would need to see their reasons. Uh, if it's about his dumbass plan, then sure, I agree. But other than how stupid his plan is... Uh, which I think is more of a writing problem than a character problem. Uh, I, I think that he's a great character. He, he is a solid cult leader. They emphasize his charisma and tribal essentialism so, so well. Uh, and th this comes from uh, a guy who studies cults very in depth. Uh, because you plan on uh, starting your own one day. Is that it? <laughs> hey, man, who knows? Who knows? I am just, I am a, a pure academic, Sean. Uh, you just, you're just looking for the right knows? combination of words to get all the weebs that listen to our show to follow your every beck and call so you can take over the internet. Is that your grand plan? <laughs> who, who can say? Who can say? <laughs> but nonetheless, I, I think Jet's a really solid character. And I think most of the problems with Jet are less so character problems, once again, more so... Uh, scripting problems and and just story problems in general with this episode especially. Yeah, well, if we ever do some uh, return visits to Avatar, like maybe round out the series, we could probably do that in like six episodes of this show. Wouldn't be too hard. <laughs> uh, we can maybe go into more depth of that. But I do, uh, speaking of characters, because like Remington, we're... <sighs> It's obvious you like the show, right? Like we don't need to of we don't need to like mince words yeah. here. It's a good show and everybody should like it. Uh for sure. I, I think the vast majority of people will will definitely enjoy it. Uh I, I think that it has enough enough depth to be interesting. If you're looking for something a bit grungier or darker, or even just like something more methodical or slower paced, then maybe this won't be for you. But generally, if you want an action comedy, this isn't a good action comedy for So you're you. saying we shouldn't uh, recommend Avatar The Last Airbender to Death Note fans. <laughs> if if they're the type where, like, Death Note is their personality, then maybe not. <laughs> so we shouldn't recommend it to Dylan, then. I see. That makes some sense. <laughs> uh, but since we already know that this is good, I, I just have a couple questions for you about the series because I, I just want to pick your brain a little bit. It's been a while since I've gotten to pick your brain about characters, after all. Sure. Uh... Who do you think is the worst of the main cast, the worst character in the main cast, based on what you've seen so far, at the very least? Uh, and I would consider the main cast to uh, be... Okay. Uh, based thus far, it, it, it's, I think it's actually pretty easy. Um, I think all characters, they've been decently built up so far, uh, but in the first 10 episodes, at least, uh, Aang? Gonna go with Aang. Really? Yeah. Wh why do you say that? He He's had the, the least significant growth. He's also had the least... He's the least multi-dimensional out of any any of them. Once again, he's a fine character. He's shown some sincere depth already, uh, and that will continue throughout the show. Uh, I also know that uh, I'm in the minority here because there's a bunch of like Katara haters. Oh, out there, there are so many Katara haters! Like, oh my god, uh, leave her alone. She's doing her best. Damn it! <laughs> like, and don't be wrong. Like, I I don't know. I guess it's like I, I understand if you're like frustrated at Katara, but I don't think she's a bad character. Like, she can get irritating at times, but I think she fits her characterization well, and it's good enough characterization. So. Then who do you think is objectively the best character of the main cast? Uh, you, I know you want to say Boomy, or Momo, or Appa, but I, I'm, I'm... I would argue Appa is a member of the main cast. I would, I, I would say that as well, but I don't think you can... He's got... He's. Let's just say he's an S tier, and we're trying to find the A tiers right now. 
Oh, fuck. Um, I, I think Zuko thus far. Weirdly. Really? And why is that? Yeah, but although I will say all the characters, they're pretty close. Like, I'm definitely splitting hairs on this. Uh, I, I think Zuko, especially after the episode where he decides to save Iroh rather than um, rather than chase after the Avatar. Uh, you, you've had great depth established with his interactions with General Zhao. You've already had, like, elements of growth and nuance within him uh while maintaining how like radical he is in some regards and balancing radical motivations and feelings with also more depth and nuance isn't always easy but i think they've done a decent job that's pretty good for just the first 10 episodes and considering he hasn't even gone through his major character arc stuff yet oh yeah for sure even though he like later on once again spoilers uh he he's gonna join the gang he'll be part of the crew he'll be a good guy good fella uh, but they're they're sowing the seeds for that to happen already. Uh, it makes sense within his character that that is the arc that he goes down. And already from the first ten episodes, it's very clear that he's less. He's sometimes plays the role of an antagonist, but he's just another protagonist, and it's made that abundantly clear by now. See, I knew this was a good show to show you, Remington, because there was no way you were going to be able to piss me off in it, because, come on. The bad things you can say about Avatar are so nitpicky and hardly relevant that if any true fan of the show has, like, heavily disagrees with you and doesn't, they'd need a really good reason, and honestly, I can't find a good reason to disagree with you on any of these points. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like there there are some episodes that are, are less great than others. There's some pacing issues sometimes, some weird writing decisions, but these are the exceptions rather than the yeah, rule. Like, I can't wait. I want to do more episodes on Avatar because I can never stop talking about it. Uh, like, I eventually want us to get to Tales of Ba Sing Se. And oh, uh, if you're not familiar, it's probably one of the best episodes of Avatar just as a standalone episode ever. Uh, and has one of the best mini episodes within that episode. And it, it's just, oh God, I want to talk about it all the time, but we're nowhere near there yet. Uh, so I suppose the real question, the real question is Remington, any chance you want to sit down and watch a bit more Avatar with me? Like right now, maybe, because I really want to watch the show again because <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, uh, uh, you know what, Sean? Why not? Yay. <laughs> we did it, folks. We got him. We found one that uh, show that Remington could actually be positive about for the whole experience. Uh, but thank you all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you enjoyed me fangirling over one of my favorite childhood shows and Remington not crushing my soul for once, then you can head on over to wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify. And if you'd like to help us grow, word of mouth is a great way to do it. And if you'd like to support us even more directly, as well as gain access to lovely bonus content, you can head on over to patreon.com slash animeoutofcontext. And also have the opportunity to have Remington horribly mispronounce your name or apparently read a sentence as is the trend on this show. Okay, Remington, who are we thinking this week? Well, of course, I would like to send my regards. I would like to send my regards to all of our bland bitch protagonists, as well as our magical girls. But moving on, we reach the yandere waifu tier, who through an Agne Kai battle are going to leave us scarred forever, hunting for the Avatar. And on that list, we have week two of jokes. What do you call a sleepy anime, anime girl? A yandere. <laughs> Weeps are as plentiful as grains in the sand, but there's only one Remington-sama. Yuliana, totally god. The world shall know propane. The emperor protects. The guy that makes you say cunt on your podcast. Snap snips. 
Sean Oni Chan Baka Uwu, Seon Evangelion is trash, get over it. Scoopy Loopy Boopy Doopy Hoopy Goopy Oopy, Say and Joey Wheeler, hey Yokes, my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> Sarah Birch, Sammy Pritchard, Salty Pretzel, Sequoia Fay, Reverse Kismo Kismo, Remington Merrill, Remington is not a man of culture, Foxen Boy, Redneck Weeb, Ready to be Isekai, Mahu no Pug Tears, Loudly Say This Please, Ha Cha Macha! <laughs> Lonely Geek, I. Oh, that was so close, but so far off. I, it's what I was told, man. I know man. it's what you were told, but it, it, don't worry, man. One day I'll explain all these feature references to you. God damn it! Lonely Geek 23, Kitty, Kazubrako, Jax, Jacob Livingston, Jack of Spades, Ichigo Simp 015. I don't want to make more work for Dylan, so just insert Remington's good opinions here. All right, well, the weebs like it when a boy fucks the moon. Like, I get why the weebs like it. And we're done. <laughs> Thanks. Hwood, Hanakawa, Glenn Michael Dolan, Ghostly Bishi, Sean rapping Christmas carols is my religion and antidepressants. Oh God. See a better doctor. Devin McCutcheon, Darth Pikachu, Darkstorm713, Danny Morabito, Cynical Witch, Christian Crawford, Cheese Monkey, Brent Adams, Ariel Bird, Apostle of the Church of Remington, Anime Duck, Andrew Sinclair, Andrew Rowicki, Elise Howard, and a Alexander Nassi-Insenio, and... Three raccoons and overalls pretending to be a child working with two teams of raccoons. Raccoon made kids in in a stack in a trench's coat as a man. I don't. I had a stroke <laughs> reading that. You shouldn't do that on the podcast, mate. I mean, it, it may be audio, but we don't want to give them too much to work with. <laughs> uh, moving on, we reach the boy wizard tier, uh, and everyone on the boy wizard tier representing Elijah Wood is going to get an interesting fact about Lord of the Rings. <sighs> Man, the barrel is so empty, you've gone to a different barrel. We do what we must because we can. Uh, we have the brown mamba. You are going to get uh, the, the fact that Sauron has a rich backstory and at one point turned into a vampire and hidden into the woods with werewolves. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, Spicy Log Horizon is one of the best written Isekai used the BS rule hot take. You are going to get uh, the fact that Elijah Wood created his Frodo audition tape in the backyard with a homemade Hobbit costume. Huh. Dedication. Uh, rare Anata no Sogu Soba ni Iro Yokima Manatenshi Tachi Kumiko. You're going to get uh, the, the fact that Nicolas Cage was offered the role of Aragon in the first Lord of the Rings. Ah, see, I knew that. Uh, but he turned it down. Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah. Would have been very Would've different. Would have been so goddamn so different. Could you imagine? So much better. Uh, hey, uh, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Don't diss my man Vigo. Pilkster, advocate. Pilkster, you are going to get uh, the fact that there is a Russian book from the 90s that retells Lord of the Rings from Sauron's perspective. Uh, hmm. I can't imagine it's very good. Yep. Who knows, man? I Sounds like bad Lord of the Rings fan fiction to me, but what do I know? <laughs> MT the Poet. Uh, you're getting one of the famous ones, uh, and that's when Vigo Mortensen kicks... Uh, kicks a helmet and breaks his toes. He breaks his toe. Uh, he did it right there. He actually breaks his toe. Sorry, it's an impulse. Every time you, every time you hear about yep, it, you just gotta yep. kind of. <laughs> oh god. I am one of those people that it can be insufferable to watch Lord of the Rings with because I'm like, ooh, but in this happened, and this, and this, and there was. Ah, I'm such a nerd. Uh, Miguel Delion, you are going to get. Uh, Tolkien, he typed all of the Lord of the Rings using just the, the two-finger pecking typing style. Good God. Oh, dear. Poor. Uh, Lollicon John, the fourth of Cell Block B, you are going to get, uh, the fact that 
This one's not even a fun fact. This is just like how the story goes. Tolkien considered Samwise Gamgee to be the true hero of Lord of the Rings. Well, yeah, because he is. Uh, I mean, I, I call Bone Druid Daddy. You're going to get the fact that uh, uh, when Tolkien wanted to uh, wanted to publish the Silmarillion, uh, there was a misunderstanding and the publisher rejected it without even reading it. Uh, and that's what led Tolkien to instead write the Lord of the Rings. Huh. Enrique Perez Torres... You are going to get the fact that, oh God, there's so many bad facts. You get the fact that there are not many good facts on this website, and I'm sorry, Enrique. <laughs> I've got one. You get, you get the sad fact of I, life. I've got one for you. Uh, wait, or is okay, it, wait, are we all, no, no, you said in general, not just the first Lord of the Rings film, right? Yeah, whatever works. Uh, fun fact, uh, for a lot of the um, writers of Rohan scenes, uh, they did not have enough um, male uh, horseback riders, so they did, in fact, get a bunch of ladies and put a bunch of facial hair on them as well. Hell yeah. Uh, and finally, dedicated sadist, you get uh, the fact that the black speech uh, of Mordor doesn't contain the letter E. Uh, meanwhile, elves fucking love the letter E because you smile. What? I, dude, I, I don't fucking... I, 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 I think you're losing steam, lad. Dude, I don't know what to... Th that's Whatever site you chose... I, uh, they have a source button. Wait, they have a source button. The source button brings me just back to their site. What the fuck is this? That is a ba that is bad. <laughs> oh, where did you get this information? Right here, baby. Oh my god. <laughs> Moving on, we reach the final tier. Shevin and Musco, Corey in the house, getting into the White House. Uh, everyone, you're going to become a specific kind of bender. Uh, Zachary Shirley was referencing what you thought I was referencing, and I subscribed. You are going to be uh, an elf bender. You only bend elves. What? Wait, what? Hold on. Uh, Hold on. Don't worry about that it. Don't worry about it. Oh, no. Don't worry about it. Uncreative Cretan, you are a BDSM Charizard bender. Mm. Uh, oh, God. No, that's not how I wanted that no, to you sound. Just, you just made the concept of the first sound. one bad and made it worse. I'm so sorry, Uncreative Cretan. Uh, You're not even going to change it. You're just going to leave him with that. No no take backsies. <laughs> Silicon Spectre, uh, Silicon Spectre, you are are going to be, you're, you're going to uh, bend the truth. Is what you, I, I'm calling bullshit <laughs> on, on what you say. Amoto Haigao Uwu Rem Onichan Babaka. You are going to uh, do some, some gender bending in your fan fiction. <laughs> Um, just all the characters will be switched over. And lastly, last but not least, literally my own mother. Um, you are going to bend water. <laughs> Keep it nice and non-adventurous for dear old mom. Uh, if you would like to contact us, whether it's for a comment, question, feedback, or recommendation, you can either tweet us at AnimeConPod on Twitter or send an email over onto AnimeOutOfContext at gmail.com. Once again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. And as always, don't fuck your sister. <laughs>